The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad that you're with us today and I think you're going to be glad that you're here and listening to us because you're going to hear about backpacks, 10 gods, pie, and a movie from the 80s, a clip from it that uh, I'd be surprised that we're able to use. <laughs> <laughs> so if that doesn't tease you a little bit. I get no respect. <laughs> that's right. If that doesn't tease you a little bit, that, that I don't think anything will. But today we're going to be talking a little bit about Stuff Mart. Now, Robbie, I, know, I wasn't here when you guys were talking about Stuff Mart a few weeks ago. Well, how would you describe that? Well, you know, in the in the introduction, we just heard, grab your gear <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and come on a quest. Well, gear is this whole idea of how much stuff, you know, is in your backpack. And so we definitely, um, like a lot of men, and, you know, we see a tool, <laughs> you know, that, well, we've got to have that in order to do the job right, and that... At some point, you have a lot of tools. At you some do. point, you got a lot of stuff. And so they begin to weigh down your life. And so you end up with this fairly heavy backpack. Absolutely. And that'll actually take us right into our first clip. It's, it's from a movie called Up in the Air. I don't think any of us have seen it. But this <laughs> is a great clip. It's got George Clooney. And uh, he's talking to a group of people about this topic of backpack. And so I want you to listen to it and just imagine that he's talking to you. How much does your life weigh? Imagine for a second that you're carrying a backpack. I want you to feel the straps on your shoulders. You feel them? I want you to pack it with all the stuff that you have in your life. You start with the little things, the things on shelves and the drawers and the knickknacks, the collectibles. Feel the weight as that adds up. You start adding larger stuff, clothes, tabletop appliances, lamps, linens, your TV. Backpack should be getting pretty heavy now. You go bigger. Your couch, your bed, your kitchen table. You stuff it all in there. Your car, get it in there. Your home, whether it's a studio apartment or a two-bedroom house, I want you to stuff it all into that backpack. Now try to walk. It's kind of hard, isn't it? This is what we do to ourselves on a daily basis. We weigh ourselves down until we can't even move. And make no mistake, moving is living. Now, I'm going to set that backpack on fire. What do you want to take out of it? Photos? Photos are for people who can't remember. Drink some ginkgo and let the photos burn. In fact, let everything burn and imagine waking up tomorrow with nothing. It's kind of exhilarating, isn't it? Kind of exhilarating. <laughs> not, the, not the original thing I would describe that, if thinking about it, but as we've listened to this clip, Jim, you are talking a little bit before the show about where you really had that experience uh, several years back where you kind of went through that cleansing process, right? We did indeed. Uh, my wife and I basically heard together a call, go to Alaska. 
And at the time we were in Asheville, our house was almost paid off. We had it full of stuff. And to go to Alaska, we had to get rid of it all. And it was one of the most, uh, particularly for my wife, I mean, she was giddy giving away our stuff. I was bringing up the, well, that cost us this and that and the (laughs) other. and So I was a little less thrilled about it, but I knew it was something we were called to do. But we had, and this was after our kids had left home, but our house, after giving away everything we could, after selling everything we could, which wasn't a lot, we took everything else out to the street. We sold our house in eight hours. That was kind of knowing it was God. And they wanted us out in, I think it was a week and a half, to close on it. So we closed within two weeks of having put a sign in the yard that certainly for us was God all the Mm -hmm. way through it. So we knew we were supposed to go. At the end of giving everything away we could and parceling some things out to family that were family stuff, we took everything else out to the street and the pile was 40 feet long, uh, six to eight feet wide and four to six feet tall the entire section of just stuff we you had owned and couldn't even give away. Wow. But the at the end of it and hopping in and we ended up buying more stuff, but it was a 40-foot RV and everything we owned and cherished was in that vehicle, which sort of like buying a boat. It was, uh, we would have done better if we'd have rented a luxury car and stayed in <laughs> Is it just a rolling boat? Yes, a rolling <laughs> boat. That's a, a rolling good. boat. Now you also talked a little bit about that. That was also one of the most, uh, the least amount of stress in some ways of the pressure financially for you, wasn't it? Yes. Um, the trip to Alaska, we gave up. Well, my wife gave up a good job. I was still bouncing around some, but we had never earned less money in our lives than we did while we were in Alaska. And we'd never had less monetary stress at any other time in our life. And that's because we were doing what we're supposed to do, following God and not worried about accumulating more stuff. Absolutely, and Robbie, there's some scripture that kind of goes at this topic of stuff. You know, what's, oh. what's, one of the, what's a couple of them that come to mind for you? Well, you know, Jesus in Matthew 6, you know, where he says, you know, don't go after treasure on earth, but, you know, develop treasure in heaven where, you know, can't be stolen or rust or all those kind of things. Because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is also. And as I was listening to um, Jim speak, it, it reminded me of how many times you hear younger or older couples speak to that when they were younger and they had nothing and they were living in the flat you know, just apartment, and when they absolutely had nothing that they, that there was much less, whatever you want to call it, financial stress, burden, their backpack was a lot lighter, and it makes life easier. It does. You know, as you were talking about the story, um, Jim, I thought about when God called us to move from Indiana down to North Carolina. Now, we had moved from a house that was about 1,100 square feet, into a house where we did an addition and our family grew and we had about 4,100 square feet. 
And it was amazing to watch in that six or seven years that we lived there how when we moved in and we had absolutely nothing in that house except, you know, beds and things because that's all it fit in the smaller house when you had three kids in there with us. And to, to the point where every room had stuff. Well, coming back and moving down here to North Carolina, we were moving into a much smaller home. And so, you know, we were weeding through the stuff and getting rid of things. And I thought we'd done a really good job. And then I realized not that long ago that we still had a semi-trailer full of stuff that we brought with us. Not not a small one. We're talking about a big (laughs) semi-trailer, pretty much full of stuff. Just things that we couldn't live without. And it's crazy. It really was kind of crazy. And I think that there, as you hear George Clooney talk about there, Robbie, there's a lot of um, turmoil. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of binding up that kind of goes with that. And that's why, you know, he's talking about what happens if it all burned up, it'd be exhilarating. Now, Jesus told a story to somebody that had a lot of stuff. He talked about it a couple weeks ago on the air. Yeah, it was a rich ruler came to Jesus and he could quote the commandments and stuff. And he was like, what else do I lack? (laughs) And Jesus gave him some really tough instructions. He said, if you want to be perfect, now that's, that'll set you up. Then you're supposed to go sell all your, your possessions, give to the poor and come back and follow me. And you may know the story is that he went away, you know, kind of upset because he had great wealth. But it's a fascinating thing. And I, and I wonder how it breaks God's heart because as a young car salesman or as an older car salesman, what always broke my heart was watching people go into crazy amounts of debt to buy a car that I knew that it was just because it had the latest DVD player or some kind of, you know, Hearst hatches or some little gimmick <laughs> that flipped their switch and they now were going to end up with a $400, $500 a month car payment. And you realize the stress and that just think how God's heart's breaking as that stuff's going on. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked about a rich ruler. Well, I'm going to play a clip from the 80s before we go into break. <laughs> and you can think about it while we're at break. But this is from a movie called Caddyshack. And here's a person, Rodney Dangerfield plays him. Al Chervik, I think his name was. And he comes into this golf establishment, this, uh, what do you call him? Country club. Country club. Country club. And listen to how he just talks about and throws around the buying of things. Yeah, I can't park my car, get my bags, and put on some weight, will you? <laughs> hey, Wang, what's with the pictures? It's a parking lot. Come on, will you? I think this place is restricted, Wang, so don't tell me you're Jewish. Okay, fine. Hey, kid, I'm Al Chervik. I'm playing with Drew Scott today. This is my guest, Mr. Wang. Oh, I can give me have a half of those, those Vulcan D10s and set my friend up here with the whole schmear. You know, clubs, bags, shoes. Love, shirt, pants. Hey, orange balls. I'll have a box of those. Give me a box of those lady tees and give me two of those. Give me six of those. Oh, this is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I'll bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. <laughs> Life is not complete without a Caddyshack clip. At some point, <laughs> you know, trying to get one in this show, and we finally were able to do it, but you had... Al there that was really, his life was about stuff, at least it sounds. And if you've watched the movie, that's really a lot of what it was. It was about what he could own. Now, Robbie, I'm sure you've seen that movie at some point, right? I've seen it, and and to an extent, we live it, and we don't even know that we're living it. Mm -hmm. Because part of what he had there was this image. And, you know, we went through our own D10 
de-stuffing when we lost the dealership and we lost you know our position i watched all our kids just shudder because we were no longer living in this house in clemens west we now are going to move to this little beater in Pofftown, and all that stuff had to do with this image that we had of who we were and now we weren't that and 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 holding on to that was in its own way you know something that you're carrying around in your backpack in order to keep that image of who it is that you think you are absolutely and, and what we're talking about is it's not wrong to have things that's not what we're saying it's when you have things that become a priority over god and that's what we're really talking about today and when we come back we're going to talk about how does pie kind of fit into that mix <laughs> now again if that doesn't perk your interest i don't know what and will. peanut butter pie and peanut butter and you can't can't go without that go to maskandjourneyradio.org to register for the boot camp it's coming up april 4th no 6th through 9th correct yeah i say that every time Six for you can come are you wondering what god has for you in 2017 well one thing's for sure i know he wants you to have your heart back there is an opportunity for men that's coming up this april six through the ninth Listen to what it did for Andy. Masculine Journey Boot Camp experience showed me I could truly hear from God and that I could experience Him on a daily basis. Only $169 or make five payments of $33. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to Facebook.com where you can click the donate button or you can go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. That's right. You don't have to get on your knees for a little tin god. And if you don't know what that is, if you just look it up, like I had to do, because I've heard that song many times. It's from Don Henley. But it's about putting something as a priority, putting a person, uh, you know, maybe a boss or somebody you look up to, or even putting things that you give an inordinate, I can't ever say that word, inordinate amount of priority to. And that's a lot of what we're talking about today is putting these little tin gods in the way of a relationship with our Holy Father. And so when we left, we were talking about just the theory of having lots of stuff. And Jim, you talked about how freeing it was to not have that stuff. Absolutely. And it really is, well, one of the things I mentioned is you learn what's important when you're not attached to your stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's about relationships. The number one one, being with God and all the rest. That's the only thing that's going to be permanent. But we treat those as if they're throwaway. And we get all the stuff and surround ourselves with that, to, sometimes to block the relationships even. We were joking before we went on the air. Thank you, Jim. Um, Robbie talked about the old saying that it's... Uh, the, the two happiest yeah. moments in a boat owner's life are the moment when they bought the boat and the moment when they lose or when they sell the boat. And, and, you know, who in their life doesn't know what that feels like to have bought that car that you finally got out from underneath or bought that house that you finally got out from underneath or in your case somebody gave you a boat oh absolutely (laughs) my brother gave me a bass boat that he'd owned for years and i was excited to get it and the kids were excited 
and I was more excited the day that it went away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I appreciate his graciousness. His son came and got it you know, a few years later, but I don't think I've ever dumped more money into something that didn't want to work for me. It, it, but it worked great for him. It was just like, oh, the, it was literally an anchor to my heart, you know? And so I was really glad, not literally, figuratively a anchor to my heart, but it felt literal. You know, a lot of days going out there and just seeing that thing and spending more money on it. Now we're talking about things that you can put in front of God. Now we're talking about stuff, but what are some other things, guys, that you can put in front of God as a priority over your relationship with him? Well, since you're talking, you know, we've been talking backpack the whole time, but, you know, speaking of pie, it kind of goes in your front pack. (laughs) (laughs) As does peanut butter. It does. And and, and so, you know, you're trying to find a way to get comfort because you just, this is a miserable thing, man. And wow, look at that pie sitting in the refrigerator. This comes from uh, uh, Paul Blart Malkop. Yeah. And it's him his mother that he lives with and his daughter sitting at the dinner table. I want you to listen to the exchange. Are you going to have pie? Not tonight, Ma. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm going to want some pie. (laughs) (laughs) You. No, I'm in now, Ma. Get the pie now. Oh, okay. You said it, and I just kind of got that stuck in my head now. Can't really get it out, pie. Here we go. It really helps heal. And, uh, you know, not always, but sometimes you got to do like the kids say and just say, whatever. Kids don't talk like that. Some do, sweetheart. The older ones, okay? <laughs> I hear them in the mall. You know? Oh, peanut butter. It just fills the cracks of the heart. <laughs> go away, pain. He putting peanut butter on the pie. He is putting peanut butter on the pie. <clears throat> it would fill the cracks of the heart, yeah. But who hasn't had something that they go to for comfort other than God? Right? For a lot of people, that is food. You know, times in my life, that's been a, a you know, we talk about comfort food. I need to have some comfort food. You know, maybe we don't. We need some comfort from God. <laughs> it's interesting how that weighs you down in a similar manner. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. That actually gets me back to the idols because mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can look at me. I love to eat. And I've traded that. I, I, I've done 72 out steaks three times. Wow. And steak is one of those things that, you know, I, my mouth's watering now. I could eat one even though I had some for dinner. But I've traded in that idol for this one on my wrist, the Fitbit. Oh, boy, look, I've only taken in 2,286 calories today. And they're both, neither one's a good thing to be concentrating on, but they're both easy to have first in my life. Absolutely. And there's lots of things that we do put as priority. Talk about maybe don't look at food as a priority, but you turn there for comfort, then it's somewhat of a priority for you. You know, if you're thinking about what am I going to have for dinner and it's only breakfast, it may be somewhat of a priority for you. But what about relationships? You know, can't you put relationships in front of God? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You can put, we were talking about it before the show, you can put your a relationship in front of another and more important relationship easily mm-hmm. and find yourself, you know, out of both. And it's, it's the same way with stuff. 
that, you know, finding those priorities and finding the right balance, it just seems like, wow, it's going to take Jesus to fix this stuff, Sam. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, I would venture to say that anyone listening, if they want to look in the mirror and, and just really say, God, okay, help me be honest with myself here, there's something that's gotten in the way, at least one of the things we've talked about, if nothing more than that, right, that's gotten in the way. Maybe it's how busy I am at work. You know, I really want to get that promotion. I really want to chase that next step. I want to be recognized, as we talked about before, you know, in a status kind of thing. Maybe it's how I want to be viewed in church by others. I want to raise X amount of money so that people look at me and say, wow, look at what he did. Mm -hmm. All these kinds of things. And I don't think a lot of times we go into them with, with malice in our heart or any ill intent, but it becomes something more of a distraction away from God and, and takes your heart away from him, which is really the problem there. And what Tozer shares in his book, Pursuing God, which is just an amazing book to me, he said that the spiritual and what Jesus was going about, treasure in heaven versus treasure on earth, the spiritual is actually more real than the physical. And it helps you understand prioritizing that. And we even talked about, you know, seeing the angels before in the movie, in the show we did last week. Right. That is, as we get an idea of this part of our life being more real than the physical, then it's easier for our heart to go towards the spiritual and build up treasure in heaven versus if my heart goes physical, I'm thinking pie. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to have someone to get home. So. Maybe we should go out after the show. <laughs> I think they have a sale on pie at Chili's or something. I'm not sure. You know, a lot of you guys know that I went through a divorce uh, this last year. And, and part of the, the reason that that divorce came about was because I put as a priority in front of God my marriage. You know, Jim, we talked about off mm-hmm. the air where, you know, a lot of times in counseling they say don't, don't put the kids in front of the marriage, you know, because they have to have it modeled correctly. Right. Right. And so, you know, you talk about that. But how many times do you hear from people don't put your marriage in front of God? Or how many times do you live it? Because, I mean, that person, that marriage is probably laying right next to you in bed most nights, or they're the ones that you're going to to talk about issues. And so it's hard to not start start to look at that person who is the other image bearer of God and try not to put them in his place. If you are married and your order of importance is not God, spouse, children, then your order is screwed up. Mm -hmm. And it will mess with you yeah there will be ramifications yeah. for it one of the most common times for divorce is the empty nest mm-hmm. and it's because one or both parents have been so involved in the children they find themselves married to a stranger when the children leave home yeah they don't have any much in common anymore i know that in scripture we talk about in the new testament all these references but one of the first things that god ever told people as a law or as a you know, a statement to him was, you shall have no idols before me. I mean, it was that crystal clear back then, and, and Jesus and them reference it in a different way so that people really can understand it, but it's, it's really putting anything in the way between me and my Heavenly Father. Anything that's more important to me than that, it's just got to get out of the way, because otherwise the enemy gets a foothold there. One of the biggies, both then and now, is... Putting yourself first. I need oh, yeah. me time. You know, I I want to go on a cruise. I was talking about one of my wife and I's favorite activities. But 
anytime that is more important to you, anything, than your relationship with God, you're headed for a difficult time. Absolutely. And I know that we all talked about we've had a paring down in our life, but would would you guys agree that during that paring down, on the other end of it was probably some of the more healthier soil that you've been in in a long time. Yeah. As, as the stuff went away, you found yourself, you know, freer, mm-hmm. both financially and emotionally. You know, as the stuff goes away, the, the pressure goes with it. And, you know, having owned that dealership for the 10 years I owned it, I wonder if I would have lived another 15 years with the amount of pressure that it was to maintain that kind of stuff that God knew, you know, we got to have a dealership renectomy from Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to remove that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the wiser things I've heard along those lines is you don't own stuff, the stuff owns you. So the more things you have, the more you have to be concerned about those things and preserving those things and taking care of them. George Carlin had a wonderful routine many decades ago about stuff Mm -hmm. that was the name of it and it was great i know that uh i've been um more aware of the stuff that i have now that i have to clean it all the time (laughs) 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 and i really don't want as much stuff it's less to dust less to vacuum around things like that that it doesn't bring any value i mean some of that does there's some sentimental value if it's something for my mom or whatever but there's very little of that that brings any type of value other than sentimental and reminding me of a relationship that was important. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they said in that first clip was, you know, get some ginkgo and remember, you don't have to <laughs> have that, that piece of furniture or those pictures. Right. Now, now, what should people do right now if they're confused or they don't know, what is that thing that I'm putting in front of God? Robbie, how, what would you recommend to somebody out there that's really just unsure? Again, the nice thing we know is find the belt of truth in there somewhere and what is the truth and going to the scriptures to me is is a surefire way to to strap on the belt of truth to begin to understand you know what is priority absolutely and ask god the holy spirit is there to reveal truth to us as well and so the holy spirit counsel me in this help me to understand what i'm really putting in front of you keep track of your time where are you spending your time when you should really be spending time with god not out of responsibility but out of a desire to have that relationship we want to talk to you more about that coming up but come to a boot camp that's coming up when robbie april 6th through the 9th april 6th through 9th masculinejourneyradio.org